Um, uh, I'm excited to, to get a chance to speak to you. It's, it's always an honor and really a privilege to, to stand before um, the church and get a chance to speak into your lives. And so I hope for the next um, 30 minutes, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, we'll see. Um, I, I hope that what I say um, has, has impact and can resonate with you. Um, I, I don't think I'm speaking uh, on something that we, we can't relate with. Uh, for the last 10 weeks, or has it been 9 or 10 weeks? 10 weeks, we've been talking about what it means to walk in love. Um, if, you have, if it's your first time here, you've, you're just joining us, um, if you have not listened to this message, I'd recommend going to the church website or uh, going on iTunes, downloading them, podcasting them, listening to them in your car, at home, um, while you're sleeping. Really get it into you. It does not matter how. Um, it'll be more beneficial to you than an hour of television. Um, I, I was planning on continuing and talking about um, walking in love um, by um, talking about the importance of also walking in obedience, that if we claim to walk in love, um, then we need to be also walking in obedience with God. And if we're um, claiming to walk in the love of God while being disobedient, then we're um, deceiving ourselves. We should probably get, um, we should ask God to change it. Um, but what happened is in preparation for the message, my introduction started to go a little bit longer than I, than I thought it was going to go. And it started to really turn into the meat and potatoes of what I'm going to be talking about today. So I thought instead of saying we're going to get to something and not, I'm just going to get to my introduction, which is going to be the message. Um, so today, I felt really impressed, um, I led impressed to, to speak about um, the Bible. Um, I'm sure everyone in this room has one of them. They probably come in different shapes and sizes and colors. Um, yours might even have glitter on it. I don't know. Um, but I feel needed to talk about this and to talk about uh, its importance in our life and to talk about um, the role it plays in not only um, speaking to us, but the role it plays in shaping um, our identity um, we, uh, and, and how we miss out if we're neglecting this from our lives. And we, um, you were missing out on not just a tool as it's a usefulness, but actually um, having God reveal himself through it as we get into it and we, um, what is it? we get into it and let it get into us. Or you heard that saying, we, we read it and let it read us. And so um, that's the majority of what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, I know that's not really reinventing the wheel. I mean, you come to church and you say, let's talk about the Bible. You're like, okay, way to go, Ben. <laughs> um, but uh, regardless of, um, it's still necessary and it's still important. Um, so yeah, I, um, I just really feel, uh, I believe that God is going to speak to us today. And I believe that actually God uh, can speak to you tomorrow and that God wants to speak to you the day after that. And... Um, the day after that, and I think that we need to realize that God didn't just set us apart to put us on a shelf um, or set us apart to clean us and kind of where we're little, you know, things on his shelf, but he set us apart that we'd have a relationship with him and that um, we would be people um, who actually hear from him, well, that might, um, and that we, we listen to his voice and that we, we really walk with him. And so uh, if, if you believe that you come to church to hear from God, um, you can hear from him at, at home, at work. Um, he does not, it doesn't really matter where. Um, he is more than willing and more than desiring to speak to you. Um, I've heard it said that what if, if we're supposed to pray without ceasing, there's, there's a promise almost in that God will communicate to us 
um, without ceasing. And um, a lot of the ways he communicates is through his word. And so some of you want to hear from God, but yet you don't want to get in the word. And um, some of you are desperate for a word of God. And yet, how much time have we spent humbly um, before God opening up his word and saying, um, illuminate, to me, illuminate it to me, show it, make it alive. And so that's really, yeah, that's the message. Um, I hopefully we'll talk a little bit about our identity in Christ and that um, a, a lot of our identity we get by reading the word and reading the gospels and, and seeing what God says about us. It's very easy to be shaped by um, our identity, be shaped by different things, by our, our parents, by our friends, by our jobs. And um, we are missing out on a, on a boundless resource um, for God to shape us through his word. And so um, the Bible is not just a part of our heritage um, or a part of our past, but it is definitely a part of our present, and it is, is a part of our future in that uh, it is the eternal word of God. It is going to remain um, when things pass away. And so um, we should be people who, who get into the word of God, who hunger for it, who, I know this sounds weird, like it's not like a piece of meat, but you kind of want to start to get the impression that you are hungering for it in the same way that you hunger for an In-N-Out burger. You know what I mean? Like, all right, unless you're vegan or you're vegetarian, I don't mean to isolate. Um, we'll pray for you. No, um, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. Um, God, I just pray that you would um, reveal the importance of the Bible to us and reveal um, the importance of your word in our life. And if we have been neglectful or maybe downright um, running from the word of God that we would be convicted and, and we would be led to your word and we would find that your grace and mercy is not short and that your grace and your mercy is not um, limited and so uh, we just pray that we be people of your word um, activate our hearts God in your name in Jesus name amen um, I'm going to be throwing a lot of scripture at you I, I don't literally mean throwing scripture at you that would be strange. But uh, I'm going to be giving you a lot of verses, and I don't, I'm not going to give you references, or I'm not going to give you um, addresses. If you like a verse, I'd recommend looking it up, Googling it. Um, it'll benefit you. But I'm, um, so I'm going to be throwing a lot of Scripture. And the hope in that the more Scripture is spoken is that um, as the Word of God is spoken, that something inside of us changes, and that... Um, Yeah, that's something inside of us changes, and um, there's a promise, or that there's a, it talks about in the Bible, um, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and so um, just as scriptures, getting all emotional, thanks dad, I'm just kidding, <laughs> um, um, yeah, and so we, I, that's the hope and prayer, is that as scriptures spoken, that God is going to do something supernaturally in our lives, and, and activate something that we are unable to do for ourselves, and so I'm going to be throwing a lot out there, hopefully, um, and no, we're believing that God's going to do something, and God's going to make that shift happen. Um, I'm so over, all over the place on my notes, I apologize. Um, on, a, on a one little random illustration, um, if we claim to be Christians and claim to be walking in a relationship with Christ, and yet we're not growing in the knowledge of God, um, I really want to. I really want you to evaluate your relationship with God because if I claim to be walking in relationship with my wife and yet my knowledge of her and my intimacy with her does not grow over those ten years, I would think something severely wrong with that relationship. And any friendship that you would um, say is a deep friend and a close friend, and even um, a, a person that you 
really value in your life. If you are not growing in the knowledge of that person in their life, then your relationship is is not growing. And so there's there are, there's a meter and there's a metric that we can kind of um, judge: Are we growing in the knowledge of God? Are we? And not that knowledge just to be fat Christians, but knowledge to um, know His Word and do it, and, and knowledge to um, read it and let and let it kind of work out in our life. And so um, that is the hope. Sorry, that was on my first page of notes, and I almost going to my second. Um, scripture sometimes has taken a bad rap because uh, in maybe in the past, or maybe in the, in the past, it's been used to prop up doctrines that shouldn't be believed in, and things like slavery, um, scripture's been used to, you know, make slavery okay, and we're like, wow, no, we read the Bible, it's, that's not okay, and, and, and so sometimes scripture can get a bad rap, and I know scripture's in the hands of, of wicked people, or in the hands of people that would use it to manipulate and to control and burden people, and so sometimes we can almost be resistant to scripture, but um, the thing that I am very um, glad or hopeful about is that scripture in the hands of the Holy Spirit, um, in the hands of, of men and women of God who follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, scripture can, can and is and will be used to edify, to encourage, to equip, uh, to convict. And uh, so are we, is scripture having that role in our life where it changes us and as we go to the standard that we say, God, mold me more into image of that than where I'm going. And so the scripture, um, we need to see it as that. And I just believe strongly that God would like to use scripture as um, a way to remove and cut things from our life that we, if, if we allow to stay and, and if allowed to grow and fester in our lives, those areas of secret sin, of secret shames, um, and maybe not so secret, maybe everyone knows your problems, but um, that God would use scripture to remove and to heal you, and he would use scripture as uh, a scalpel, and he would cut and remove, and, and though there might be initial pain, um, that pain in the long run, um, it's saving you, because those things, if allowed to stay, would be the end of us, and so getting in front of the word of God, and getting before God, and saying, God, um, remove the things that are wrong, God. Remove the things that displease you and that are leading to my spiritual death. And I think there's Christians around today that are literally running from the great physician. And they're running into relationships, into addictions, into things they think are going to fill the void. And when one addiction or one thing doesn't fill the void, they're going to try another thing. And so they're continually trying to run and cope because there's this thing that needs to be removed and cut away. And so uh, I just believe that if we go to God and we humble ourselves and say, God, I do not know it all. God, I, I, uh, um, your word has been around longer than I have, and so I, I want to trust it to, to speak over me and to define me and to um, do a surgery on me instead of trying to numb and trying to cope with something that um, I'm never going to actually be able to get away from. And so, uh, there, I, I had the, I listened to Steve Jobs' biography, and, um, and it talks about he, um, he ended up dying of pancreatic cancer, or complications of, um, and what happened is, is that he was diagnosed, and for about nine months, he didn't, um, act, he didn't, I guess, aggressively treat it. He did some homeopathic things, and I'm not speaking against homeopathic um, procedures at all, but um, they said afterwards that he had some, he said afterward that there's a regret that he didn't deal with it more 
um, aggressively, that he didn't deal with it more, you know, um, going in lines with what they said would have would have healed him or would have um, removed it and done radiation and chemo. And, um, and I think as Christians, we need to be aggressive in our in our dealing with sin, that we cannot be um, passive in, in letting areas of sin grow. Um, I'm really thankful even for talking about um, Daniel last night, or sorry, on Wednesday. Who was here on Wednesday? Okay, awesome. Yeah, um, that, that book fight that he was talking about was fantastic too. And so it talks about being aggressive with sin and not letting areas of darkness just passively go because it's not um, like the enemy is... Um, he's not like, okay, I'll take 50%, you got the rest. He's very aggressive and wanting all of you. And so we can't be naive in thinking that um, he's just going to be satisfied with a little bit of your life. He, he's really trying to consume and destroy you. And so um, with that, uh, I just believe that if we go to God, that he is going to heal us and he is going to um, do a work in us. And I kind of feel like we treat God like the game Operation. Is anyone familiar with the game Operation? I hate that game because I have shaky hands. So if play me Operation and... I, you will guarantee to win. Um, and so pretty much, uh, you, know, you know the rule, like you, you try to easily you know, get the bone without touching the sides. And so I feel like sometimes God wants to do a work in our life and he wants to operate. And he so, but we always keep saying, God, you're hitting the sides. Or, oh, no, that hurts. Or don't do that. Or, God, can you please work on the area that I'm doing good in? God, I have an arm that's perfectly fine. Can you please operate on that? Please don't deal with this massive tumor. And, and God's like, no, I'm going to deal with that. And I think that um, if you realize, that, again, that the pain that God wants to maybe, that that might be involved in removing that area of addiction or, or area of that, um, that's festering, that that pain, again, is just momentary and that it's going to lead to a more fulfilled life. It's going to lead to being more used by God and, and generally more fulfillment in your life. And I, and I really believe, um, I've heard this said, I've heard this said from um, someone in Washington, so I'm, I'm going to use it because it's good. Um, but he talks about this idea that, as Christians, we are very desiring God to prosper us financially. And so everyone, I'm sure, has prayed that prayer, God, give me more money. God, give me a better job. God, give me, um, you know, let, let there be a bank error, and then I have more money in my bank account. I know we make those prayers maybe, but um, not many of us pray the prayer to God, prosper me spiritually. God, grow me spiritually. Grow my integrity and my character and, and, who, and who I am. And so um, I know, I think that is something very easily to get into the mindset of, uh, God, do these great things for me, but don't grow me into the person that can actually handle those things. And so, um, yeah, that was a bonus from Washington um, City Church. I would recommend going to the website and listening to all their messages. Um, I think the neglect of his word has really led to a shallowing of our faith and that um, we are maybe a, a Christianity that settles for cliches and settles for, you know, things that fit on bumper stickers. And so, and I believe that if we were really pressed to talk about what those things mean, people would find out that our faith is an inch deep and, and a foot wide, and they'd find that there's not much um, depth to, to our knowledge of God, and I, and I don't believe that that should be the case. Um, I believe that God wants to grow us in our knowledge of him. And I think that, um, I mean, we use the word grace like it is spiritual um, duct tape. And we just use it everywhere. And, and it is, um, do we really know what that means? And do we, do we really get into the Bible and, and find out what grace really means? Who, who that really is? 
I heard a message from, from Judas Smith, and he talks about that grace is more than a, com, uh, a concept or a principle, that grace is, the, is summed up in the person of Jesus Christ, and you're not going to get that um, by bumper sticker religion, and you're not going to get that by um, a Caleb religion. And I'm not saying Caleb's wrong because it has amazing, great things to, to worship songs and things, but we cannot rely on it as our main substance. Um, there is a... Uh, there's a banquet. Um, and we're starving. And so... Um, so we should just get into the Word of God and, and find that there's, um, uh, there's food that we don't know of. Um, yeah, so compose. Um, yeah. Um, scripture has this ability to mold us and to shape us, and I, and I believe that it wants to define us if, we'll, if we let it, and it, it wants to have a bigger role in defining us. Uh, I don't want to be defined by emotions. Uh, my emotions are up and down, obviously. Uh, <laughs> man, that's funny. Um, <laughs> um, I don't want to be defined by my circumstances. It seems like one day I'm doing good and one day I'm doing bad. And, you know, depending on whether I'm feeling good, I'm, then that's, that's going to define me. But um, uh, I don't want to be defined by cultural norms because our culture is crazy. And um, it's all over the place and it's all over the grid. And I think cultural norms are really cultural abnormals, abnormalities, that's whatever. Um, I don't want to be de- defined by, by social values because they change. I, I want to be defined by God and, and what the Bible tells me and, and uh, what the Bible tells me. So, man, um, uh, we need to get in the Word of God and, and see what He would say over us. And I think um, we should trust that the God who knows your innermost being, the God who knew, knows the hair on your head, regardless of whether you have hair, um, and he knows your hidden thoughts. He, he, uh, he knows when you rise and when you fall. He says, he, he says things like he has good plans for you. I mean, what Denise just said that right on. Um, he says that we're more than conquerors in him. He said he's with us, that he loves us, that he's um, never going to forsake us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so I'm not defined by the job I have or the clothes I wear or the, um, uh, or, the, or the car I drive, but I'm defined by the maker of the universe. And, and so, and he calls me righteous and not because of what I do, um, because of who he is. And, and there's that, that saying again from someone else that it talks about, it's not about our worth, but about our birth, that we've been birthed and we've been adopted by um, God. And so... Um, God, again, did not adopt us so that he can neglect us. He, doc- he, he adopted us so he can um, have a relationship with us. I mean, when you adopt a child, I don't know if anyone's adopted a child in this room, it's not like you, okay, now you're part of the team, now go to work, or now you're, now you're, you're my son, so I'm going to stop talking to you. He, he talks to us. Um, regardless of whether your father or your, or your mother in the past has neglected you and maybe they didn't give you words, um, God is a God who wants to give you words. Um, so the, 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 if we can get hold of the, of the reality, the Bible says um, that Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, lives within inside of us. And that he gave us a spirit of power and of love um, and of a sound mind. And these aren't cliches. These are not 
um, Christian psychological mood boosters, I guess you would call them. These aren't things to just give us a smile on our face. Um, these are realities that we need to lay hold of. These are um, promises. These are things that we can um, live in, that we need to dwell in that idea of we, we are who God says we are, not who um, uh, maybe what we do or maybe in things that um, our past that we struggle with. That does not define us. Um, your heritage does not define you. Your um, family background does not define you. Um, your propensity to do certain things or get into certain addictions don't, doesn't define you, but it is Jesus Christ who defines us. Uh, it's not, I'm a banister, so I have these things in my background, or it's not, <laughs> maybe sometimes, but um, um, that we would allow God to shape us and mold us and define us by his word. And so I'm asking you literally for the love of God, get into the Bible, get into scripture. Um, So if we put our faith in Christ, we are sons and daughters of God. If we put our faith in who Jesus was and what he did, uh, that's it. Um, I've heard messages recently about don't add to that. Don't try to add good works. I mean, good works will come out of realizing who you are in Christ, but don't try to make it, uh, I need to love um, God. I need to work for God in order for him to love me. His love and his compassion and his um, favor is a permanent place. And that um, should give us some, some that, should, that should give us some peace that it talks about in the Bible. That should give us some sense of um, assurance. Uh, I think... I think our unwillingness to get into the Word of God has made our life more ambiguous and, and gray and more difficult because we don't know what it says about things. And so we live in areas of um, disobedience and areas of um, really rebellion against God and thinking that we're okay with Him. And we live kind of maybe a greasy grace. And uh, it's because we treat the Bible like their preferences, like this is God's, almost like he's picking a color pattern on for decorating a room, like, oh, this is kind of what he would hope for. He doesn't really want it to be. And so when we approach the word of God as preferences instead of the commandments of him, um, it's going to change how seriously we, we cling to it. But when we, when we um, find that there's God's commandments, God's way of um, operating, God's way of living, um, we find more life. The way I think of it is this, as humans, um, we don't function well on sin. We don't function well on its fruit, and we don't function well on, on living sinful lives. We live, I mean, I just, the, the analogy that I got is, if you put sand in, in a gasoline tank, how far are you getting? Not, not very far, because you weren't meant to, think, uh, a car wasn't meant to function on sand. It was meant to function on fuel, and our life, um, when we allow it to just be fed by sin and not being fed by God, um, we're not going to function very well, but um, we need to start treating this as commandments, um, I'm not saying that we try to fulfill the law because Christ fulfilled it in us, but as we rest in that identity of Christ, that that is going to lead us to being more obedient to the things that are in this book, to the, to the things that it says for us to do, for the things that it says us to us to walk in. So preferences can be ignored, but commandments can't. Um, when uh, A few years ago, I feel like God told me, I don't feel like it was audible, but I felt like he told me, to make my own bread. I don't think he was telling me to go into the baking business, and I don't think he was telling me that I needed to, yeah, start a bakery. But um, what was happening at that time is that I was 
listening to a lot of messages, and I was listening to a lot of podcasts online. I still do. Um, and I was reading a lot of Christian books. I, I still do that. But what was happening is that I was mooching off people's spiritual devotion time, and I was not getting into the Word of God for myself. And so during that time, I, my Bible reading was going down, but I had a lot of more spiritual things that I was listening to and doing, but I wasn't actually getting into the Word of God myself. And so um, I felt like I was mooching off other people's spiritual devotion time with God. I was trying to live off their relationship with God. And it would be like this. I want to get to know Norm. Let's say I want to get to know you, Norm. I'm going to talk to everybody else in the room about their experiences with you instead of going to you. And so that's what I was doing. And God really convicted me because he said, make your own bread. And what he meant by that is, who knows that it's easier to go to the store, pay your $3 or however much your bread costs, go home and eat it. Then getting in the kitchen, getting the flour out, getting all the ingredients out and making the bread, it's more difficult. It's, it's not as easy. But regardless of, of, of how difficult it is, it's still what we're called to be as Christians. We're called to be self-feeders. We're not supposed to be still living on milk. If you are still on milk 10 years down the line, we've got to start to reevaluate. But are we growing? Are we, are we doing things? And I, so, I mean, when I was one or two years old, someone cut up my food and fed it to me. That's fantastic. That is great. But I'm a, I'm a grown man. I'm 26 year old. And if I, if I went to dinner or lunch with you guys, and while we sat down, I put on a bib, and I gave you a fork, and I closed my eyes and opened my mouth, I would hope you would slap me in the face. Because that's weird. <laughs> Enoch would slap me. Um, and yet, as Christians, have we gone far away from that? Have we been asking the pastors to feed us? And we open our mouths every Sunday, and we ask them to feed food, and we're not, we're not getting in the Word during the week, and we're not, um, we're not, I, I don't know if you, how many steak men are in there, or steak men and women are in the room, who like steak? Um, let's crave some spiritual steak. Let's crave some getting in the Word of God, and so um, that was pretty big for me. Um, it's still something I maybe have struggled being um, obedient to, and it's actually funny, because I, I was doing something, and I had not read my Bible, but I was listening to another message. And I just felt like God was like, okay, like I, need to, I need to turn off the message. And right when I turned off the message, she was giving me stuff for today. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm still doing it. It's still a struggle. It is much easier to get things from other people. It is harder to go to God. And the way I equate that is we are trying to almost live in the Old Testament. We want to go to someone else instead of going to God. And so as, as much as in the Old Testament we had Moses and we had different people that you go to to get to God, um, we are people that the, the veil is torn. And so we need to live in light of that reality that we can go to Jesus directly um, with confidence. Um, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. And so that should give us, that should give us some um, peace and some, some knowing. But um, yeah, I was, I was really being lazy spiritually. I was really being, um, yeah, I was being spiritually lazy. Uh, and I think it's harder because in our society, we can, I mean, we have like 12 different translations at our fingertips on our phones, on our, on our computers, and we can literally go through the day 24-7 listening to all these great messages from great pastors and listening to all um, these great words, and we can read these great Christian books, and yet we can live not knowing who Jesus Christ really is and not having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. I was going to mention Justin Bieber in my message, but I decided not to. Um, 
Each one of you should have received a card. You can look at that any time. Uh, this really lays out our identity in Christ um, from not our perspective, but from the Word of God. And again, I want to trust that to speak over me more than anything. And so you uh, feel free to look over this, meditate on this. Um, a lot of times we may see this and think, I know this subconscious, or I know this consciously, but it's not a reality in our heart. And so I would ask that in your personal time with God, if you don't have any personal time with God, this would be a, a time to establish that. Um, and again, I hope that in, the, in this message you have not gotten the feeling that I have to read my Bible 10 chapters a day, otherwise I'm not a Christian. No, that's not it. Um, but I do believe that when you put your faith in Christ and you put your faith in, in Jesus, that that is going to lead you to his word and that is going to lead you to being a person of his word. And so we don't do this to get our salvation, but because we believe in Jesus, we do it out of love and we do it out of um, wanting to know more of him. Um, and I think maybe that's because who in their Christian faith started off reading Bible a ton? Okay, a little bit? Okay, a few? That's fine. I think um, that's maybe the thing. What happens? We we have a relationship with God. It starts off, and we end up being gung ho, and we we get in the Word, and we read a lot, and then all of a sudden it just starts to taper. We get busy. The busyness of life um, happens, and we, we we get away from it. And so, uh, I, who said we should get back to our foundations? Who said that today? I feel like someone said that. Was it? Anyway, someone said that today, um, and it was good. I was like, yes, we need to get back to our roots, our foundations, that the 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 basics. Uh, I also felt impressed to talk to you about that we should have our heads up. And many of us, I don't know if you, I feel like many of us have our heads down. And a lot of times we have our heads down because we either are feeling shame about who we are or we feel guilty about what we've done. And I believe that the, the cross and Jesus um, satisfied that and, and cured that ailment of being shame-filled and guilt-ridden. And that um, we should have our heads up because um, first of all, if we have sinned against God, he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we repent it, of it, we are going uh, to, it's forgiven. It's thrown away far as from the east as from the rest, rest, west. Um, and uh, if we, so we can't walk around feeling guilty anymore. And so there, there's no need to have our head low. And we also need to have our heads high um, because he cured shame. That if we feel guilt, if we feel shameful about who we are, that um, our identity is a son of God, and he doesn't make junk. He doesn't make um, throwaways. He, he makes people into his image, and he, and he makes people into people of his... his we're, we're of a different DNA. We're of a different um, cut, I guess you want to say, but we need to realize that our heads should be up. There should be no shame game here. And the more we live in shame and guilt, the more we make our Christianity about us and not about what Jesus did. Um, I've heard it said that the gospel is really, um, it, it wars against our sensibilities because our sensibilities means we either need to work harder or do more. And the gospel's like, no, it's done. Just, just rest in it. Talks about coming into um, that, that uh, our, the firmness or the, the, the security of God's grace. Um, I'm going to be wrapping up very quickly. Um, one last thing that I, I feel like I don't have a lot of, to really expound on it, but I just it, it bears it bears, bears saying, I think many of us live prodigal lifestyles without ever leaving the house, in that we we live in rebellion against God, 
six days a week, and for an hour and a half on a Sunday, we come to God and we say we're sorry. And so we almost live this lukewarm reality. And I, I think we need, we need to just lay our cards on the table. We just need to stop hedging our bets. And we need to just say, God, I am with you and I'm sorry. And, and stop trying to live in rebellion and yet pretend like everything's okay. Like God is not aware of our comings and our goings. Like God is not aware um, of what we do during the week, our thoughts, what we what we think and, and how we live and how what we value and how we treat people, God is very much aware of it. And so uh, I don't want to live like a prodigal um, that never leaves the house because I think there's, a, there's almost a, what talk, God talks about us being hot or cold. That's better than being lukewarm. And I, and I would rather, I'd rather that distinction be made than, than have him spit us out. Um. And just in closing, I, I, I think it's really important, again, to go back to uh, we can be so defined by our past, and we can be so defined by our past circumstances, and we can be defined by family heritage. In family, maybe it's a bad heritage that you feel like you've in, inherited. And, and again, I need to say that you are, your heritage is new. And so um, despite your—we're going to go into a time of worship— pretty much in the next few minutes, but um, if you feel, this is, I'm going to say, like me, I'm prone to sin. I'm prone to anger and to lust and to pride and to, this is what I'm prone to do. I'm prone to say I'm waiting on God when really I'm being lazy and not being obedient um, to the already revealed word of God in my life. Or I'm I'm prone to, here is the hard way of the gospel, and I'm prone to try to make it as easy as possible. And I'm prone to um, selfishness. I'm prone to make uh, my salvation, um, my salvation instead of the salvation that God granted me. I'm prone to lead to God and run into works and into um, condemnation, which that brings. Um, I'm prone to walk by what I know instead of by walking what God says. Um, But as I look... um, it talks about the blood of Christ speaking a better word about us. That he says something different than what I can think or what, I, what my heritage. So today, it does not matter what you're prone to. And it does not matter your tendency or your propensity to sin. What's matter, what matters is your identity in Christ. Um, that it is a firm reality. It's a secure reality, and despite what I'm feeling and what my circumstances are, it's a reality that I, I, I choose to live in. And um, there may be days where I fail, and there may be days where I go back to thinking I can do it or thinking that, you know what, I'm bound to be a certain way, but um, I want to believe that God's Word knows better than I. Um, so let's not hedge our bets, and let's not live lukewarm. Let's not live ignorant of the word that um, is available to us, that if other countries who still haven't had the gospel in written form would literally walk miles for or sacrifice time and energy to have, and here it is in front of us, many copies, slightly dusty. Uh, My salvation is not secure because of my works, but it's because of the finished work of Christ and that I've been, um, so I abandon my hope in that and not in my and not my works, and not my flesh. Um, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into another time of worship. 
Um, if anything in, in what was said today resonated in your heart, um, there are people who will pray for you. Um, there are people who would gladly talk to you about any questions you have. Um, maybe you just want to come up and have some one-on-one -on -one time with God. Um, we're going to just give you that time to do that. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to close. Um, God, we just pray that you would, um, you would be our shaping identity, that your word, um, God, speaks a better word for us, that you have a plan and a purpose for our life, God, that you are going to finish the work you started, that you are um, faithful when I am not, that you are more um, than my limitations and more than my past and more than my um, family predisposition to alcoholism or predisposition to other things, God, that you are bigger than that. And so we thank you for what Jesus, um, who he is and what he did, and we just lay hold of that um, in Jesus' name. Amen.